You're listening to episode 215 of the FitzPro podcast. And uh, today we are going over training myths and realities for women over 30. This is obviously something that is close to me because I am a woman over 30. And in being that, I have personally fallen victim to or just given into some of the common myths, but also found truth in them as well. Maybe some people say they're myths, but they've been true for me. Today, I want to discuss some possible shared experiences for those of us either nearing 30 or those of you that are over 30 in your training and health journey. So kind of a different approach to today's podcast, but it's something that's been on my mind. So here we are. Without further ado, let's dive in. The FitzPro Podcast is your no BS approach to seeking out truth in the world that is online health and fitness. You'll see through the lens of the trainer, the trainee, and the entrepreneur. I'm your host, Annie Miller, certified strength and conditioning specialist, entrepreneur, lover of sleep, lattes, and dinosaurs, aka not your average FitzPro. And my aim is to help you grow your mind, body, and business through knowledge and authenticity so that you too can become a FitzPro. I do want to give a quick shout out to Legion Athletics. They are the sponsor of this podcast and they are the number one brand in all natural sports supplements in the world. You guys know that I love Legion. Use my code Annie at checkout for 20% off your first order. If you go to buylegion.com, B-U-Y legion.com and use my code Annie, you can get extra points if you are already an existing customer, or again, you can get 20% off your first order. I not only use Legion's creatine, protein, and pre-workout, those are kind of the three main actual supplements that I use in the training side of things, but also their supplements in the vitamin and mineral world. So they just came out with a new magnesium that's amazing. They also have a multivitamin for women, which I take when I you know, was not taking a prenatal, as well as their fish oil, which I also take. So they're just really high quality supplements in general, if you're looking for either kind of the vitamin side of things or sports performance and actual supplements for training. Make sure to check them out. They're clean products. They're backed by science, like actually backed by science with peer-reviewed literature that you can see straight up on their website. So check them out if you haven't, buylegion.com, B-U-Y legion.com. Use code Annie at checkout for 20% off or to get double Legion reward points if you would just like to support me and the podcast. So myth number one with women over 30 is a slowing metabolism. And before you're like, bitch, my metabolism has definitely slowed down. Don't tell me any different. (laughs) There is some new research, which it's, it's minimal, but it is new. And it just kind of makes sense from like a common sense standpoint when we break it down. And this research suggests that metabolism does not slow due to age alone until a lot later in life, potentially around 50s and 60s, where the literal age or everything that happens with age is going to actually slow the metabolism. And when I say that, the research is showing that the result of a slowing metabolism, when we see that, is more due to lifestyle than age across the board. We will go ahead and kind of expand on that with the other myths that we'll get into, but I do just wanted to start off with that one and get your brain thinking about maybe what has changed in your 30s or maybe you're even in your 40s with your lifestyle compared to 
in your 20s or whatever stage of life you are comparing your 30 plus self to. So the next thing is that diets need to be more restrictive. As we get older, we need to just restrict our diet more. And I think that all of these are going to be paired to and or stem from the belief in the myth that we have a slowing metabolism based on age. So it quote unquote felt like I could eat anything and keep and get results when I was in my 20s. Many 20-somethings do feel this way, but we must go back to the metabolism data where we ask the question, were you more active overall quote-unquote back then? Was your TDEE higher, which is just your total daily energy expenditure outside of exercise, right? Just walking, moving, being on your feet, taking the stairs, whatever happens outside of exercise, what did that level of activity look like? And you know what? Maybe the diet does need to be more restrictive than when you were 22, but is that because you're 33 now or because you have a lower TDEE? You work out less frequently. You work out at lower intensities because I'd bet buco bucks that it is the latter. I could eat whatever I wanted to, which was not not true, right? If I was actually in a caloric surplus, I would be gaining weight. That's how things work. But it felt like I had a lot more leeway when I was 22 because I was training twice per day for short bouts or once per day, but I was training exclusively six days per week. I say exclusively, but I was training consistently six days a week at very high intensities. I was coaching competitive cheer where I was on my feet, spotting, tumbling and coaching and, you know, using my diaphragm to yell, like all of these things do add up a little plus a little plus a little equals a lot. And I was also working a internship at the time in college strength, another very active job being on my feet, using my brain, using my voice, all of these things add up, especially when we're talking accumulatively over a decade. So let's compare that situation that I just told you about to my 30s. In my 30s, I was self-employed, sitting at a desk. I barely leave my house. I train for 35 to 50 minutes, four days per week, and I would not call it high intensity. I train with intent, but I'm not trying to hit PRs like I used to. I'm not trying to pack on muscle with the intensity that I used to. And my results show that. My demand, my caloric demand shows that. So which of those two lifestyles allots for more leeway in the diet? This is the question we have to look at and this is the context that we have to consider. Not That is not age specific. That is lifestyle dependent. A higher TDEE, higher intensity in workouts overall, intensity being heavier loads and likely higher work capacity as well, more consistency at that higher training frequency, all of that allowed me to think or feel that I could eat whatever I wanted because it did give me that level of output gave me more freedom and more leeway in my diet. Now, this is just my example and comparison from a 20-something single college student to working for myself in order to build my business and traveling the world full-time starting at 28 when training took a backseat. 
that does bring me to my next point, which is muscle mass. All of this, again, I really just feel like all of this is tied to metabolism or like metabolism is the buzzword around all of this. And I am by no means an expert in metabolism. I am just sharing what I have learned recently and mixed with my own personal experience. So just take that with a grain of salt. Having muscle mass is so, 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 so important. And this is not new information. If you have never listened to Dr. Gabriel Lyon, go look her up. I will put her in the show notes. I suggest that you do if the conversation of obesity or having fat mass versus the importance of having muscle tissue is something you are interested in. She knows far, 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 far more than I do. I am an amateur about metabolic function and specifically the metabolic function of muscle mass. So that is where I lead you to take in more information. But what I can infer and speculate, I suppose, is that having muscle is an important game changer. And it's important, I think, increases with our age. Because if one thing does change over time, it is the rate of tissue decay and regeneration. I vividly remember learning this in school and being like, fuck, it's downhill after 30. <laughs> and that that kind of perpetuates that messaging, right? But it's not all downhill after 30. I can tell you that personally from someone who is over 30. Uh, we know that around age 30, this increases decade by decade. And when I say this increases, the rate of tissue decay and lack of regeneration, that does increase at 30 or around 30, and it increases exponentially by decades after that. So please do not use that as an excuse to say that you can't build muscle past 30 or you've reached your full potential at 30, you can't get any better. None of this is true. That would be stretching this claim in a big way. The same muscle building and retaining principles apply at 20 years old as they do at 30 years old as they do at 40 years old. We need to provide a stimulus strong enough that requires new tissue to be built and we have to provide proper recovery for this to take place. That's sleep, hydration, protein intake being at the top, overall caloric intake being enough, stress management being secondary to everything I just listed, Obviously, muscle mass comes from the training that we take part in. And that is the next kind of point that I have or myth or thought around this is the adaptation to training and how that changes in your 30s and beyond. Personally, I find that building muscle requires not more from my actual training, but more from my recovery for the same effort in my training. And this could be completely anecdotal, completely subjective. I would be interested to see research on this because I can't directly back this by science, but I'm interested in it. I just know that I was training far more at higher intensities and sleeping less and I was more jacked when I was 19 to 22. Though I will say I have probably possessed more total muscle mass since those years in different seasons of my training. It does feel as though, however, like I said, that I was able to gain that muscle with less ideal recovery. Does that make sense? 
the upside of training for years and having a higher training age is that as your consistent training age increases, you can likely get away with doing less and still maintaining muscle mass and strength. But there is data that suggests that to gain muscle and strength as your training age increases, you will need to increase both the load, so the intensity, as well as the volume, which does make sense. We would need to push the capacity and the weight. Again, that refers to training age, not your biological age, but at some point those two things would be correlated as time goes on. I also think that we can tend to get stuck in the same routine or using the same weights for a given lift. We kind of have our baseline and we just stay there. We see a movement, we know what weight we use for that, and we forget that To make change at any age, we need to provide that mechanical tension and we need to push it. We need to provide enough stimulus that requires our body to adapt to said stimulus and put on more muscle. That fact doesn't stop when we hit 30 years old. So look for ways to step up your training. If you may have let off the gas a little bit, let's push that and make sure that we are providing enough of a demand from our body in our training if we are wanting to get X result from increased strength or increased muscle mass. The next thing I want to mention is that you need to do more cardio because it burns fat. Again, this is a myth. I'm not saying you need to do more cardio because it burns fat. I'm saying that's something that tends to be perpetuated the older that we get. Somehow weights become less important, which is interesting because that's literally the opposite of the truth. And cardio becomes more important or a higher priority based on the fact that we want to quote unquote, speed up our metabolism and lose fat. Ugh, barf, so dumb. Stop. I know that most of my audience won't fall for this or doesn't fall for this, but it can be very tempting when your body is changing and feeling different than it did in the past. Maybe you're tempted to do more cardio because of said changes that you feel or see in your body as you begin to age. Here's the thing. Cardio is great for many areas of health. I'm not saying not to do cardio. If we're adding in cardio for the joy of cardio, or we're wanting to feel more aerobically fit or more athletic again, do it 100%. If you're adding in cardio simply to increase the caloric deficit and increase energy expenditure, that's fine too. That's a go. It works for that. I just want to be clear that cardio isn't directly making you lose fat. Even if you're in a training zone, a metabolic training zone that prefers using fat as fuel for said training, we need other things in place to lose fat off of our body, which will end up being a caloric deficit of some kind, which we covered in the whole metabolism discussion. All in all, you can literally be the most fit you've ever been in your 30s. You can put on the most muscle mass you've ever had in your 30s, even in your 40s. I know women in real life who this has been true for. And the data is starting to back that up, which I think is really, really interesting and freaking awesome. We love to see that. So if you're feeling like your goals are impossible or just harder to reach at 30 than they were at 20, consider all of the factors. Maybe your body isn't as tight 
as it used to be, but remember our little discussion about cell regeneration and breakdown and that that is a really that's a real thing that starts to happen. So your body will always try to adapt to the stimulus that you are giving it. Move more, increase that TDEE, pay attention to your diet, track, don't track, but you need to pay attention. Prioritize sleep, total energy output during the day, like I said. On that note, I was so surprised how Nathaniel and my body composition and total weight changed or didn't change during our world travels. So if you don't know, we traveled the world for 367 days uh, between 2018 and 2019. And obviously we had access to gym sometimes, we didn't other times, but walking kept our overall weight and size, like our circumferences, down. Do not underestimate the time that you spend sitting versus the time that you spend standing or moving or walking throughout your day outside of your scheduled exercise. It adds up big time, especially when it's a daily thing. So just something to consider, something to think about. Again, these are myths and I think common shared experiences, which is why I wanted to bring them up and hopefully give you some efficacy in areas that you have control over. If your body is changing, if you do believe some of these things, maybe they're not fully true. Maybe you have a bit more control than you're thinking you have. Maybe we need to look at all of the factors and we haven't been looking at all of the factors. So I hope you got something out of this episode. If you did, please, wherever you listen, give the show five stars. Leave a written review if that's something that you can do. If you are not on my mailing list, go to anniemiller.co slash news and you can choose from my daily or weekly emails. I do not hold you hostage. You can leave or unsubscribe at any time. It will not hurt my feelings, but if you're interested, make sure you get there. There are podcast listener discounts at the bottom of every email. Until next time, I am Annie Miller and thank you so much for tuning into the Fitzpro podcast. Podcast.